I think you could be leaving money on the table, my love. I see this happen all too frequently. Although it's undoubtedly smart to be strategically growing your audience, hence the last episode, (laughs) growing your audience isn't the only way to make money. Too often, I see people chasing the next new subscriber, the next follower, the next new lead without maximizing the opportunity that they have to make the most of their existing audience. So on today's show, let's talk about how you can make the most of the audience you have, even if that audience is feeling quite tiny. I'm going to share with you the strategies that work to build relationships and make more sales from the audience you have right now. It's time to harvest some of that low-hanging fruit, my love. Let's do it. Let's sweep that money off the table. Let's go to the show. You're listening to the Limitless Mother podcast, bringing you strategy, mindset, and a dash of woo. If you want to learn how you can balance motherhood and money-making beautifully, if you want to learn the strategy, mindset, and manifestation tips you need to do more of what lights you up, attract more ideal clients, make more money, and enjoy more time freedom, if you want to create this vision of success because you are a mother, not in spite of it, then you are in the right place, my love. I'm your host, success coach, business mentor, mother, and tea drinker, Corey Javid. So join me while we explore what's possible for us as mothers and business owners when we remove the limits. Hello, hello, Limitless Mothers. It is I, Cory Javid, your business bestie from CoryJavid.com. How are you doing? Are you well today? I'm really well. I'm having a fantastic day. The sun is shining and I'm still on a high from yesterday. So yesterday I was at an event all day. I gave a talk there. I was on a Q&A panel there. It was really fun. I talked about money mindset, of course, like one of my favorite things. <laughs> And it was really wonderful because I actually got to meet several listeners of this show. If that was you, hello, my love. It was so great to see you. Um, There were several women who came over to me and said, I listen to the show all the time and I listen to you in the car and I listen to you on my dog walks and things. It was just really lovely to meet some of you in person and also met some lovely ladies who were like, I've just heard about your podcast and I'm so excited to be listening. So hey, if that was you, if I met you yesterday, welcome. (laughs) Get settled in and enjoy. Um, So that's what's going on over here. I had a really wonderful day and it was just really great to be in the company of all of these women. There was about 50 of us in total who are all business owners, mostly mums and really everyone was really raising each other up. Everyone was so honest about where they're at and I just loved that. And everyone was really great at contributing advice to one another and they had some great masterminding breakouts and things. It was just so good to be in a community of women raising each other up and all pursuing a common goal of success on our terms. So well done to my friend Erin Thomas-Wong for organizing the Momentum Day event. It was just such a success and such an honor and a pleasure to be part of. So that's what's been going on over here. Really great day. But today I am back to (laughs) wearing my comfies. I had to be, oh my goodness, I had to be in actual proper clothes for an entire day. I'll let you in on a little secret, perhaps not so secret if you've been listening for a while, but I rarely get fully dressed. Often, (laughs) the only time I'm actually dressed properly, and sometimes not even then, 
if I'm honest, is to go and collect my daughter from school. I will like put on some jeans to go at like four or five o'clock to pick her up from maybe an after school club or something or three to pick her up from the school run depending on what's going on. And often I've spent the rest of the day, most of the time in a kind of fairly respectable top, but always pajama bottoms or yoga pants or sweatpants, jogging bottoms, depending what you call these types of things, depending where you are. I'm all about the comfort and I don't mind that one bit. I'm not ashamed to say it at all that I'm very rarely properly dressed. So I spent all day yesterday properly dressed. I'm back. I'm sitting here recording this wearing Moomin pajama bottoms. Yes, they have Moomins all over them. Yes, I am 38 years old, not eight, <laughs> but I don't care. Oh, that's what's going on over here. So before we dig in today, which is another episode in this, what we are calling Strategy Month, whoop, whoop, I've got another strategic episode for you today. We're going to talk about how to make the most out of the audience you have right now, even if it's tiny. Um, before we dig in though, I want to give you a quick heads up because as you know, I reopened my waiting list for my private one-to-one coaching and I have now made a decision to allow two more of you lovely ladies onto my waiting list at my current prices and then my prices are going to go up by 20%. So if you have been thinking about working with me, do not delay my love. Head over to corriejavid.com forward slash work with me and get yourself on a free call and let's just chat. Let's chat about where you're at, what you're struggling with, what you really want to achieve and how I might be able to get you there and let's see if we think we'd be a good fit. Don't hang around because not only do I have a waiting list but also those prices are going up. So If you want to take advantage of my current pricing, go and do that. And I look forward to seeing your discovery call pop up in my calendar and I look forward to speaking with you. Okay, so let's talk about how to make the most of the audience that you have because last episode we were talking about how to strategically grow your audience and it's important to be doing that. But let's not forget to make the most of the audience that you have. And here's why. It's really easy for us to be always focusing on growth. And actually, I think when you look online at the advice and guidance and tools and courses and everything, the whole gamut of things that's on there um, online about internet marketing, so much of it focuses on audience growth. And, you know, rightly so, we want to be growing our audiences. But very little of it focuses on actually leveraging and making the most of the audience that you currently have. And I think this is a massive mistake because why go to the effort of creating any audience and then not actually make the most of them? And so why I'm sharing this with you today is because if you're only focusing on growth, it means that you're actually leaving money on the table. And I don't want that for you, my love. I'm all about helping you make more money. Mo money, mo money. (laughs) Oh my goodness, I sound so the opposite of street, right? (laughs) I'm like that embarrassing mum face. Okay, so... The other reason why I wanted to bring up this topic today is because I know that it's easy to feel like this. It's easy to feel like I need to grow my audience because I'm not getting any engagement or the kind of engagement that I'd like, or I need to grow my audience because I'm not making enough sales from my existing audience, or I need to grow my audience because I feel like my audience aren't my ideal clients, so I need to go out there and get new ones. And so it's easy to be solving the wrong problem. 
And like I said, I'm not saying don't grow your audience because that would be confusing given <laughs> last episode was all about growing it, but grow it and simultaneously make the most of the audience that you have. And don't tell yourself that growing your audience is going to fix any problems for you. It will not. <laughs> because the truth is, and this can be a bit of an uncomfortable truth, but if you're not converting your existing audience, and by converting, I mean successfully inviting them to work with you or buy from you, then there's no reason to believe that you're going to be better at converting a newer and bigger audience. Ouch, right? <laughs> so I say this with love and I say this because I want to help you convert and make more sales from your existing audience so that when you're growing your audience, you're also growing your sales because otherwise you've just got a, a bigger audience that's still not working for you. No point in that, right? So what do I actually mean by making the most of your audience? Well, two things specifically, and we're going to break each one down today into some more detail. The first is building relationships, and the second is making sales. So when we talk about making the most of the audience that you have, we are doing that by building real, long, and lasting relationships with your people, and from there, converting those relationships into sales. Because in my experience and in my books, great sales come from great relationships. It doesn't feel like selling. It doesn't feel sleazy or icky or gross if you have built a solid relationship with somebody first before you sell to them. That's where we can sell from that genuine place and feel more comfortable doing so because we have a relationship. We're not just like, hey, welcome, buy my thing. <laughs> That's like not a great place, but we're like, hey, get, let's get to know each other. Here's some things that can help you. Here's how you could be helped more by buying this thing or here's how I could help you more by serving you. It's it's building up to sales by nurturing a relationship with people and nurturing a real relationship with people because people buy from people, right? So it's time to like get out from behind your brand if that's something that you've been doing and show up as you connect as yourself with your audience from there you'll make proper relationships and easier sales okay so we're going to dig into some strategies to make the most of the audience you have and we're going to start with that relationship building process because we are not going to skip ahead to selling we are going to start where we should start build the relationship first so the first thing sounds really like obvious, but it needs to be said. <laughs> be always building relationships with your current people. Be doing that, my love. <laughs> so I'd love you to just stop and have a think right now. What are you doing currently to be continuously building relationships with your current people? Now, I don't care if that current audience is two people right now. You're actually in a really great position because you have more opportunity to build more intimate relationships with those people because you're not trying to build relationships with, say, 20 or 2,000 or 200,000, okay? So having a small audience is no excuse. And having a smaller audience means you have an opportunity to connect even more deeply with those people. So each phase of business presents you with different opportunities. So don't feel like just because you may be in the beginner phase of business, if that's you, it doesn't mean that it's not a phase to be treasured equally, right? So 
wherever you're at, whether you have a big, small, massive, tiny audience, be always, always building relationships with your current people. So the first thing to consider is how are you kicking this off when somebody enters into your world, opts in to hear more about you, whether they join your Facebook group, subscribe to your YouTube channel, subscribe to your podcast, sign up to your email list? How are you building relationships with them? Do you have a way to really invest in that relationship in a kind of condensed period of time when somebody is newer to you? And what could you be doing to strengthen that and to actually nurture that relationship in a bigger and more powerful way? So I'll give you an example to think about. One of my pet peeves, and if this is you, sorry, but you know, you know, I like to tell it like it is. <laughs> One of my pet peeves is people having a sign up on their website and just says, sign up and get my newsletter. <laughs> now, you may well have a killer newsletter, perhaps that's true of you. And I have seen them done really well. But the reason that I have a problem with that is twofold. One, I don't think it's a very effective way of getting people to sign up. If you've been managing that, high five, power to you. Um, But I think that people want to know what value you're going to give them. Just saying, hey, sign up to my newsletter. It's kind of like saying, hey, sign up and hear about me. (laughs) And so I know that you probably don't intend to be doing that. And maybe you saw somebody else doing it and that's why you're doing it. Or maybe you just thought that's the thing that we do. I know that that's an easy thing to be thinking. So there's no shame in it if you found yourself there. But if that hasn't been working for you very well, then I would invite you to think about what you could tell people instead, what you could offer to people by way of value instead to part with their much loved email address and to sign up and to hear more from you give them something of value to them. So that's why I love a lead magnet. A lead magnet is something that you are giving to somebody that is valuable. Now, of course, there are unfortunately tons of crap (laughs) lead magnets out there that aren't valuable, that are full of fluff and filler. That's why you have an amazing opportunity here because if you create a killer lead magnet that is really valuable to your people, you're going to really stand out and set the tone for your relationship ahead, right? So first things first, think about how you're even enticing people in. We'll stick with the email um, as an example for now, but you can think about this generally depending on anywhere that you're growing your audience. Um, And do go and listen to, I have a particular episode on creating a lead magnet that's going to really work for you. We'll link that in the show notes if you haven't listened to it already. So go and listen to that. But so that's the first reason why it might not be working for you because it's kind of like saying, hey, come and sign up to hear more about me and my company. Now, this person doesn't know you yet. This person doesn't have a relationship with you yet. They don't know how awesome you are yet. So they don't know that they want to be hearing from you. So they just might not sign up. So if that's not been working for you, then that's probably why, right? Um, And then the other reason is I don't like the actual newsletter format of email. So occasionally, yes, there are instances when it can be done really well. But personally, and I'd love you to have a think about this, maybe this isn't true of you, but personally, I find that when I receive emails that are that kind of a newsletter style from companies or brands or people that I've signed up to hear from, my eyes just kind of glaze over. It is just a bit like, here's what's going on with us. And I'm a bit kind of like, 
yawn. <laughs> now, maybe that's just me, but you need to think about what suits your audience. So my point really here is, is don't just give them a newsletter every week after they've signed up. Have a think about how are you providing more value? How are you building a relationship with people? And maybe you then um, do some kind of nurturing and then revert to a newsletter because your newsletter works well and people open it and people are clicking and buying and taking action from your newsletter. That's how you know if it's working for you. Or maybe you want to change to something different that you send out. So I don't send out a newsletter. I send out an email every Tuesday. If you're on my list, you know, and I will share all kinds of things in there, but I try to make them really valuable. I try to give tangible advice, things that you can do. I share insights that I've been learning that I think you can benefit from. So I try and make that really valuable. And that is unique content that I'm not sharing anywhere else. So I am building a relationship in that way by giving people who sign up and opt in to hear more from me, giving them something, giving them something that can help them. Whereas just saying, hey, here's a newsletter, here's what I've been doing, here's what's going on over here, isn't as valuable to people yet, unless they are like diehard fans and they're lapping up everything that you create. So that's my little <laughs> rant on why newsletters can sometimes suck. <laughs> but what I really want you to think of as the principle here is what is your strategy for nurturing a relationship to somebody who is new to you? So they have stumbled across you. Maybe you've enticed them in with a really great lead magnet. Well done, high five. Now what? What are you doing to really kick off that relationship with a bang? So what can you do instead of just starting to email them once a week? Well, I really recommend if we're going with emails here, I'll give you a couple more examples of other things in a second, but I really recommend having an email nurture sequence. So that is a sequence of emails that you write that you automate and which are designed to share value in advance and really build a relationship with somebody new to you, new to your list, so that they can find out about you and you have the potential opportunity to find out about them importantly. So it's a two-way street and you provide value. And there, in doing that, you're building up that all-important know, like, and trust. They start to know you. They start to like you. And they start to trust you because you're sharing great things with them and you're showing up consistently, right? So if you need some help with an email nurture sequence, you don't have one in place and you're like, damn it, I've been inviting people into my email list and then doing nothing or just sending them an email once a week. I'm not doing anything to really intentionally nurture that relationship with people, then I can help you out with that. Head over to the Limitless Mother template shop and grab the email nurture sequence template. So that's a sequence of seven emails. I've got it all mapped out for you that you tailor to suit your business, your services, but that tells you like, tell them this, tell them that <laughs> about you and how to provide value, how to build those relationships that lead to sales later down the line, how to do it in a way that feels great. It's worked really well for me. So I've shared that over in the template shop if that's something that you need help with. So that's using one example there of an email list as one place that you might be growing your audience and how you might want to be thinking intentionally about how you're building relationships with your existing audience. So they're there. What are you doing to build relationships with them? 
The other thing that you could think of is, for example, if you have a Facebook group, what are you doing to welcome people into that Facebook group and to start that relationship with a bang? I've seen people do some really cool things with Facebook groups in terms of um, welcome video sequences that people kind of follow a trail from one video and then at the bottom there's a link to the next video can be really cleverly done that way to be doing a similar thing that you're doing say with an email nurture sequence but having a sequence of videos say to welcome people or having something on your website that says new round here and pointing somebody in the direction of some great free valuable resources that you've created those could be blog posts those could be youtube videos whatever the other thing that i do with the podcast obviously it's different because if somebody subscribes I can't kind of see that they've subscribed to the podcast in iTunes for example and then do something to build the relationship with them that way so I'm always working on building relationships in the content that I'm creating just on a week by week basis here but something that I do is that when somebody gets onto my email list one of the things that I introduce a newcomer to is the podcast and then I have curated in my nurture sequence a number of podcast episodes that are like fan favorites that have had the most downloads or have provoked the most positive feedback and great comments and I've kind of curated a few of those to help people get started and to kind of build that relationship by saying, hey, I've got this great free resource, this podcast over here. Um, There's loads of episodes. I mean, at the time I'm recording, this is episode 115. Um, But here are a couple really great ones to get you started. So really have a think about how people are entering your sphere of influence, aka your audience. And what are you doing to nurture that relationship with them when they arrive? Be really intentional about that. The other thing that you can be doing with your existing audience is to just, whether they're brand new or they've been around for a week, a year, three years, whatever, is to just keep showing up and sharing value consistently. That consistency really builds trust because people know to expect to hear from you. They know that you're always there for them. If you're sporadic in how you show up, then they expect you to be sporadic in your service delivery too, right? So it kind of translates subliminally there. So show up, share value, and dazzle your people. Give value freely. Don't hoard your knowledge and secrets. You know, I'm always just giving away great content freely here and happily because I want you to go and have wins from this because I know it creates goodwill. I know that it helps us to build our relationship together. And so if you need help being consistent though, I get it. Again, I have something that can help you over in the template shop. I have my weekly content and marketing management template. This is the system that we use over here at Corey Javid HQ to pump out content on a weekly basis, consistent AF. It is so easy to use. It helps you to plan, to organize, and best of all, recycle and reuse so that you don't have to be creating brand new content all the time and that you can be building up your content as assets that then continue working for you and you can kind of maximize the lifetime value to you of each piece of content that you create. So it took me a while to create that system and I messed about with loads of different tools and resources and I got super frustrated and I was so overwhelmed back in the day in terms of knowing where to share it, where something had been shared, what to do with it next. 
It just felt big and messy. Um, and if you're finding it difficult to be consistent with your content online, definitely go and check this out in the Limitless Mother template shop, corriejavid.com forward slash shop. And again, we'll put a link in the show notes. But being consistent however you do that is absolutely key to building relationships with your existing audience. The other thing that you can be doing is asking your audience. So how to make the most of the audience you have. Ask your audience to help you out. Ask them to invite a friend into your Facebook group. Ask them to share a screenshot or an image of themselves using your product or service, listening to your podcast, watching your YouTube channel and share it on social media so that their audiences see it. So if you are showing up, sharing great value with your people, really putting in the effort to build relationships with your people, they will happily do you the favor of sharing what you're doing with their audience, with their people, with their friends. So don't forget to make the most of your audience and that relationship goodwill in that way too. And the other thing that you can be doing to really build relationships, genuine relationships with people, is make an effort to connect on a human-to-human basis. Don't be all about your business and whatever your expertise are. Also, just share about you. I mean, I was just telling you at the beginning of the show that I'm sitting here wearing Moomin pajama bottoms. Now, that may be the thing that makes you run for the hills and be like, what a weirdo, in which case you're not my person, right? Or you might be like, fair play. I get it. I like to be comfortable too. My point is when you share a little bit about yourself regularly, you're giving people the opportunity to connect with you as a human and that really can help build relationships. It's not only about showing off your expertise and sharing value up front, it's also just about being human, being real, letting people in a little bit. doesn't mean that you have to overshare or tell people about every aspect of your life, but just letting people get to know the real and human you is so powerful and I don't want to hear anything from you about, oh, but I don't have anything interesting to say or there's nothing unique or different about me. Oh my goodness, put those thoughts out of your mind, my love. We're all just human looking to connect with other humans and you could simply show up and say, hey, I like pizza. Who else likes pizza? (laughs) You're going to have people resonating and saying, oh my God, I love pizza. What's your favorite topping? My point is, When you share anything about you, it doesn't matter whether you think that it's interesting or dull or not, just share the truth about you a little bit some of the time and it really helps people to warm to you and to build that relationship with you and to feel like, oh, you shared that. I can feel like I can share back. For me, I know it's really easy, particularly like with a podcast, I'm just sitting here speaking at you, right? You don't have any ability to talk back. Um, Same with emails. If I email you, like I'm emailing at you and social media, we're speaking at people. But any time that we can share a little bit about ourselves, then we can also invite people to feel comfortable in sending communication back. I always like to feel like I'm opening up the channel of communication for it to be a two-way street. So I'll often say here, like, hey, send me an email if you want me to do an episode on that or tag me on Instagram and tell me what you think or send me a DM and give me some feedback on this or tell me what you're stuck with. I love to invite that dialogue and that connection. So think about how you can be doing that too. Okay, so we've talked about relationship building. Let's talk about selling because if you want to be making the most of your audience that you already have, you need to be selling to them, my love. I know, right? (laughs) Who knew? Uh, And I know that so many women, and I only know 
women, because I only work with women business owners, so this isn't something that's necessarily unique to women, but I know that so many women are really afraid of selling and really shy away from it. Um, But the thing is, if you don't embrace selling, then you're not going to make any sales and your business isn't going to be viable. Them's the facts, my love. So we need to get more comfortable with selling. And I will be doing more podcast episodes on selling coming up. But let's talk about ways that you can be specifically selling, always selling to your current audience. So Obviously, we don't want to be selling necessarily day one, minute one. Someone arrives, they've never heard from you before, and you're like, hi, welcome, buy my thing. That's not a great way to be (laughs) acting unless occasionally a tripwire can work, but I'm not going to go into the specifics of that. But typically, we want to do a little bit of relationship building first. But we also need to be regularly making the offer, regularly telling people what you do, how you help people, and giving them a really clear, concise call to action of how they can work with you. I'm sure if you've listened to the show for any length of time, you know that you can go to the Limitless Mother template shop at corriejavitt.com forward slash shop. You know that you can sign up for the Limitless Money, my money mindset audio course. You can sign up to the wait list for the next time it opens at corriejavitt.com forward slash limitless. And you know that if you want to work with me one-on-one, that you can go to corriejavitt.com forward slash work with me. That's not by accident that you will know those things because I'm showing up, giving you value, helping you in advance, but I'm also letting you know how there is more help available from me if you need it, if you're ready for it, right? There's nothing wrong with doing that. And I think we need to get over this idea that selling is somehow bad or wrong. It isn't. Are you, I know I use this example all the time, but are you annoyed when you go to Tesco's or your local supermarket and buy a pint of milk? Of course not. You wanted that pint of milk. <laughs> you bet you were sold to. There was a sales transaction there. And it So this idea that selling is somehow wrong is ridiculous, but I know that it can be such a ingrained feeling within us, but we have to get over it. We have to get over ourselves because when we're afraid of selling, we're making it about us and how we're going to be perceived and we're not making it about the real reason that we started our business. I'm sure you started your business because you think that your products or services could help somebody. You have a desire to help somebody. How can you help that person if you don't sell to them? (laughs) It just doesn't happen, right? There's just a disconnect there. And so I really would love you to get on board with the idea that selling is not bad. It's not wrong. It's not evil. It is this. It is simply offering somebody the opportunity for you to help them. I'm going to say that again. Selling is simply offering somebody the opportunity for you to help them. It's not forcing them, coercing them. It's not making them buy something that isn't right for them. It's just saying, hey, if you need help with this, I'm the person to help you. Here's how. (laughs) That's literally it. That is all it is. We make it so much more complicated and so much more triggering than it needs to be. So first things first, realign your definition of selling to that. It is simply offering somebody the opportunity for you to help them and then regularly be making the offer. So you want to make sure that you are regularly telling your existing audience 
how they can work with you, how they can buy from you. Do not assume they already know. Even if you feel like you've told them one million times, you still need to tell them again. That's what marketing is, my love. It's a bit boring sometimes in that respect because it's saying the same thing on repeat, but people need to keep hearing it. Sometimes somebody will feel ready to buy from you within a week. Sometimes it will take somebody a full year. That's why we need to always be putting out there the message about the work that we do, how we can help, and specifically a very clear call to action of how somebody can take the next step. What is that next step? How does somebody do it? Make that abundantly clear and tell people often. And that is not salesy. It is not pushy. It is not sleazy. It is just giving people that option and opportunity for you to help them. If you don't do that, you're not gonna be able to help them, right? So that is the first thing. First things first, make the most of the audience that you have by telling them about what you do often and giving them that clear call to action. The other thing to do is if you are working to a sales strategy schedule, so let's say you are promoting or selling, I don't know, for let's say for example, a course at different times of the year and then not selling that same thing in between, don't forget to circle back round to the same people the next time you offer it. So for example, I reopened the doors to Limitless Money, my audio money mindset course earlier this year. And there were several people on my waiting list, many of whom bought and enrolled, but some of whom didn't. And But they had indicated by putting themselves on my wait list that they're interested. So they were thinking about it. And I guess they remained on the fence for whatever reason, right? This is always the way when we're selling. Some people will buy, some people won't. But don't forget those people. Don't forget to go back to them. Just because they didn't say yes once doesn't mean that they are a no. And it's the same of, you know, if you got on, let's say, a discovery call with somebody and they were a maybe and they kind of went off the boil for a while or you didn't hear back from them, follow up with them, circle back. So circling back to your existing audience, people who have in some way indicated to you that they were considering buying from you but haven't yet, circle back to them to say, hey, it's been a while since we touched base, just wondering if you're still interested in, insert your outcome here, and then outline the next steps for them. So for Limitless Money, the next time the doors open, On that course, of course, I will be circling back to the women who were on the waitlist last time and didn't buy and just say, hey, are you kicking yourself that you didn't enroll last time? Here's an opportunity to enroll this time round. Do you have any questions? So on and so forth. So circle back round. So that's another way to make the most of the audience that you have. Just because somebody has been in your audience for a while and didn't take an opportunity to work with you doesn't mean that they won't in the future. Just keep showing up for that person. Keep nurturing that relationship. Keep providing value and then keep circling back with the sales message at regular intervals as are appropriate to the thing that you're selling. The other thing that I see in terms of money being left on the table is a failure to upsell or downsell. So let's say you get on a call with somebody and they are interested in your like highest level package and for whatever reason they decide that it's not the right move for them right now rather than just scurrying off the phone, feeling rejected 
What about if you propose to them a different package with perhaps less of a time or cost investment for them? It might be the thing that they need to feel confident in making that ultimate investment in you. So it could be that if somebody was looking to work with you for, let's say, three months or six months and they're kind of on the fence and they're not feeling sure about doing that, downsell. Say to them, okay, how about we do an intensive? How about we do a one-off call first and see how we get on and how you feel and how that experience of working together pans out? So that's how you can downsell. That's one way that you can do it. The other way that you can do it is, let's say you were rolling out a big group coaching program and you did a whole big launch and there were some people who were interested some of them bought some of them didn't well don't forget to go back and potentially mop up some of that demand that was left behind by which I mean there will be people who got really warmed up by your launch endeavors and efforts and whenever we launch we're always extra visible sharing more value than even normal so of course some people are really warming up to working with you but for whatever reason they just didn't feel able to invest at that time, downsell to them, say, hey, I know that you didn't invest in this group coaching program. How about this DIY version of the same content that's at lower value? Or another example, I'll give you an example from my business, often off the back of limitless money, I will send a series of emails out saying, hey, I know that you didn't enroll at this time. That's cool. Maybe it didn't feel like the right move for you yet. Maybe you weren't ready to invest in yourself in that way yet. But how about this guided manifestation meditation template to get you started working on your money mindset? It's a smaller investment, um, but it can be the thing that really helps people to take a step forward if they were feeling on the fence. So don't forget to downsell to your existing audience and don't forget to upsell. The interesting thing that I find is that anytime I've launched a course, I always immediately book more one-on-one people onto my waiting list as a result. And I think that that's something really worth noting that if you are promoting or selling something that isn't your highest level offer for a period of time, it's worth considering going back in then afterwards to that same audience of people who didn't buy whatever the thing was that you were selling and offer them that bigger, higher touch, higher ticket program, offer, product that you have. Because sometimes the reason people haven't bought is because they're like, no, I don't want to be figuring this out myself. I want all the help you can give me. I want your highest level, highest end thing. So don't forget to upsell too. And the other way that upselling can work is if somebody has bought from you, worked with you in some way that isn't your highest level offer, what about inviting them to go ahead and do that? If somebody has worked with you once and you've wowed them, and I'm sure you have because you're amazing, then they are way more likely to work with you again. So this is another way that you can make the most of the existing audience you have because your existing audience includes your previous and current clients and customers, right? So for example, I know that if somebody buys, say, a template from me, they're actually more likely to work with me one-to-one because they've had, they've dipped their toe in the water, they see what kind of value I provide just in a $47 template and they're like, whoa, well, just imagine if we were actually working together one-to-one. It might not seem like an obvious jump, right? But it is because often people are investing in those lower ticket 
products or services of yours as a way to kind of test the waters, as a way to work their way up and start feeling worthy in themselves of investing in a higher way. So don't forget to be looking for opportunities to upsell to people who have been buying from you. I have another really great strategy. You might have heard me talk about this before, but it's a really great strategy that combines both the relationship building pieces and an opportunity to selling in like one fell swoop. And it's something that I've used a lot previously, particularly when I was in more of the kind of building up my coaching practice phase of my business. I do it sporadically now as much for relationship building as anything else. And it's really served a number of my clients in terms of building out their one-to-one service offerings too. Not necessarily coaching works for anything kind of one-to-one or done for you. And it's the free call giveaway. I absolutely adore this. I learned this from my coach, Lacey, and it's just such a winning strategy. And here's why. When you give away a limited number of free value-based calls, so free calls where you are offering something of value but something really contained, so you're not giving them everything in the kitchen sink, but offering something of value to somebody in your existing audience, you then have the opportunity to sell to them at the end of that call. So for example, you could be doing some kind of social media order if you were a social media manager or a website order if you're a website designer, for for example, and giving them here are three things that you could be doing to maximize sales using social media. So obviously just find what would work for you and your services if you're a service provider because obviously this doesn't really work for a product-based business if that's you. Sorry, we'll come back to some more all-rounded strategies in a second. Um, But a free call giveaway can be so useful for a number of reasons. First of all, it's a way to really connect with somebody one-on-one from your audience that you might not have had the opportunity to connect with before. You get to hear from her, presuming it's her, about where she's at, what she's struggling with, and how you can help her, which is so valuable to understanding and knowing your ideal clients. You know, I'm obsessed with this. (laughs) This is one of the reasons why I'm so inside of my audience's head, because I love connecting with women and I really listen. If you ever get on a call with me, I'm really listening to exactly what you're saying, because I know that the more I listen, the more I understand, the more I hear and understand you and acknowledge you, the more I can help you and the more I can think of even better and bigger ways to serve you and to help you get what you want, basically. So you get to really know that person. So it can help you with that person, but it can also help you help the rest of your audience. So win-win. The other great thing about it is if you show up and give away some value for free, you are creating some really fantastic goodwill with this person. So even if this person doesn't then want to work with you, they are going to be a massive brand advocate for you. They're going to really amplify the sense of goodwill in your community because they're much more likely to then go on and engage with your posts or comment or show up and and share about the fact maybe even that they had this great call with you. They're going to be a real champion of yours and it just creates a really nice feeling of goodwill. So there's no downside to doing these because even if it doesn't translate to a sale, you've still created that real relationship with that person and it could well likely, even if not immediately, lead to a sale further down the road. But even if it doesn't, you still have the advantage of that goodwill and that brand loyalty. 
and that brand ambassador that you've kind of created there. And then it's actually very natural to sell to somebody after you've helped them. If you think about it, if you get on a call with somebody and you knock their socks off and you wow them with how you've helped them in just, say, half an hour or an hour of your time, of course they're going to be interested in hearing about how they could continue working with you. So it's a very easy transition to make. So I think that's a really great way of making the most of the audience that you have because it combines both the relationship building and an opportunity to sell in a really easy way. And I've been a little bit obsessed with this in the past because, like I said, this is one of the strategies that I used to really fill out my coaching practice in the earlier days of my business. And it's something I still do sporadically because I love to connect with you. I love to hear from you and I love to help. So why not, right? I think it's nice to give back as well to your community by giving away a couple of opportunities every so often to have that targeted and ring-fenced help for free. So don't give them too much, don't overwhelm them, don't throw everything at them, but give them something really targeted so that it's really impactful. It's a really cool strategy. Okay, and the last point that I want to share with you in terms of how to make the most out of the audience that you have with regards to selling to them is that don't forget, like I already said, that your clients and customers are your audience too, and that if you have been delivering amazing service to them, then of course they're going to want to help you make more sales. So this could look like a referral scheme. This can be a super effective way to make more sales from the audience that you have. Just a simple email out to your existing clients saying, hey, I'm opening up this number of spots to work with me soon. Just wanted to know if you have anybody in mind that you would love to refer to me. You know, you could literally just ask them and not even offer anything exchange. If you've been really doing a great job for your people, most of them will happily recommend you to a friend. Or you might feel like you want to sweeten the deal even further and say, if you do that, I will give you X credit towards continuing to work with me, or I will throw in this bonus to this package that we're doing together. Whatever that looks like, whatever makes sense for you. But don't forget to make the most of that. I definitely see women leaving money on the table when it comes to referral. And when you start to build up this culture of referrals amongst your existing clients, it means that your need to market reduces significantly. At this point, I have a number of my one-to-one clients I've been working with to help them deliver both amazing service to their existing clients and set in place these kinds of systems to regularly ask for referrals and they have been growing their businesses with very little actual requirement for marketing often because they're just getting so many referrals because their clients are so dang happy (laughs) that they are just naturally often without even being prompted to naturally referring their friends to them and this is something that I've experienced too of course when somebody works with me and loves it and grows her business and is making more money and feeling so much happier because we've ditched the overwhelm. Of course, she wants to tell her business besties about me. And so I've also been really fortunate to have numerous of my clients referred to me from other clients. So don't forget that. Don't forget that opportunity to make the most of the audience that you have and ask your existing clients to refer friends to. The other thing that you could do is 
to create some kind of affiliate scheme. So if you have a course or membership site, for example, those types of offerings or other online digital offerings, you could set up an affiliate scheme with your existing clients and customers so that they are an affiliate of what it is that you're offering and you give them a bit of a cut in terms of sales. You give them a percentage or a fixed value per sale made. It's a really great way to make the most of your existing audience because they're out there marketing for you. This is really where the low-hanging fruit is, my loves, is tapping up your existing people. Okay, so it is time for today's Dash of Woo. We've talked a number of strategies and tactics to make the most of the audience that you have. I hope it's really got you thinking about what you could be doing to be making more money while you're growing your audience, but with the audience you have now, not when it's at a certain size right now. Because if you're not, if you're not doing these things, what is the point? (laughs) What is the point in growing your audience if you're not building a relationship with the people that you have and from there converting them really highly? Okay. So let's talk about today's Dash of Woo. If you're new around here and you're like, what is a Dash of Woo? Did she just say Dash of Woo? Yes, I did. A Dash of Woo is a short practical manifestation or mindset tip designed to take what we've been talking about today and implement it into your business with that extra sparkle and ease and business magic. (laughs) Okay, so we've been talking about sales and selling. And yes, I know, even though I've been telling you numerous times that selling is simply offering somebody the opportunity for you to help them. I know that still, when we talk about sales and selling, it can make you uncomfortable and icky. I want you to first of all, be really clear why that is. Number one, you've been conditioned to think that selling is somehow wrong, but really number two and more fundamentally, money is the thing underpinning sales activities. And if you feel weird about money, if you've got old programming hanging around that you picked up from when you were a kid or from media culture. It's all around us, right? These negative stories around money. If you've got that hanging around and you don't have a super relationship with money, then it is going to make selling feel hard. When you fix your relationship with money, guess what? Selling's so easy (laughs) because none of that crud is hanging around and making selling feel weird anymore. So here's what I want to give you for today's Dash of Woo. When you are thinking about what we've talked about today, so I'd love you to take the advice I've given in today's show. You don't have to implement every single one of these strategies, but think about number one, how are you going to be building relationships with your current audience? And number two, what are one or two of the things that you could be doing, maybe even this week, to sell more to the audience that you currently have? So while you're doing that, though, while you're making those sales plans, where you're thinking about selling more to your existing audience, I want you to listen. I want you to listen to your body and I want you to listen to what's coming up in your brain. So by listening to your body, I mean, how does it make you feel? Is there any tightening anywhere? Is there any weird feelings or sensations that come up? Write them down. And then what are the thoughts from there that you're thinking? So get really clear on what is preventing me from selling more to my existing audience. When I think about reaching out to my existing clients and asking for referrals, am I feeling resistance there? If so, what is fear telling me? Fear's a liar, by the way, but what is fear telling me? And if I'm thinking about selling more often in my group, for example, or on my podcast or wherever you're showing up, but I'm feeling resistance there, 
What is fear telling me? Get really clear about what's coming up, what fear is saying about why you can't, shouldn't, won't sell more. Okay. When you do that, when you write it down, when you shine a light on it, and notice it, first of all, you reduce the charge of it a little bit, especially if you can observe those thoughts in an unattached way, by which I mean don't judge yourself for having those thoughts. There's nothing to be gained from that. We all have negative thoughts, right? <laughs> um, but don't judge yourself for having them. Just notice them. When you can just notice them in a detached way, then you're not really in the vibration of the thought anymore. You are taking a step back from it to be able to see it. And when we do that, we reduce the negative charge a little bit, even in that moment. So even just that first step of noticing in a detached way helps. And then if you can write them down or otherwise just look at them and really start questioning them. So I have the whole process inside of Limitless Money. Obviously, I don't have time to go through it with you now, but that helps you to completely dismantle money mindset blocks and get rid of them once and for all. But if you start with noticing them, and then the second step is to start questioning. So is this 100% true? Is this 100% true 100% of the time? Is this an absolute fact, this limiting belief that's popped up for me? Start breaking it down. Start thinking about, well, what could be true instead? Start looking for something more positive to hold on to. When you can start that process, you start taking charge of your thoughts and beliefs. And it's those beliefs that are lodged in our subconscious that can sabotage us if we aren't taking the time to shine a light on them, see what's there. If you're just avoiding sales activities because you're feeling kind of weird about them, but you're not actually taking the time to look at what's really going on there, then it's going to always feel the same. It's always going to feel kind of weird and you're always going to want to avoid them and it's going to hold back your business. It's going to hold back you from earning the kind of money I know that you're capable of earning and living that limitless life that I know you could be living, right? So that's today's Dash of Woo. Listen, notice the feelings in your body, notice the negative thoughts or feelings or stories that pop up when you're thinking about selling, write them down and then start pulling them apart. That will really get you going on the right path to shifting how you feel about sales, right? And you don't need like a whole hour to sit down and journal. You could literally just spend 10 minutes and say, okay, I noticed that when I thought about this particular sales activity, I felt kind of weird. How am I feeling? What is fear saying to me? If you just did that step, that's at least starting the ball rolling. It is stepping into your power and acknowledging that you have the power to decide what you're believing to be true. And that's a really amazing shift to make in and of itself by claiming back that power. Amazing. So while we're on this topic of selling, here's the thing. <laughs> We've been talking about strategies for building relationships with your current audience so that you can sell to them, right? And we've been talking about the fact that sales can sometimes make you feel uncomfortable. If that's you, you wouldn't be on your own there, right? There's no shame in it, but it's also absolutely possible to do something about it. It's absolutely possible for you to learn how to sell from a genuine place that keeps you and the other person firmly within their power, which, by the way, means that nothing pushy or sleazy is going on. 
And it's absolutely possible to sell in a way that feels good, feels good for you and feels good for them. That is possible for you. I don't want to hear any stories about, I'm just not a born salesperson. Nobody is, not really. (laughs) Nor was I. And now I find it really easy. So teaching my private coaching clients to sell with ease and confidence is hands down one of my favorite things to do with my days ever. (laughs) Why? Well, because it involves healing their relationship with money cleaning up their limiting beliefs around selling, helping them feel worthy of charging good money for what they do and worthy of receiving money ultimately. That's really what's going on when we get right down to it. And I also love it because when you feel comfortable and confident in your ability to sell, you are golden. I mean, just think about that for a minute, right? If you could sell comfortably, what would that mean for you and for your business? What would it mean for your life if you just knew you could always sell more? Poof, (laughs) that feeling of scarcity or lack has just gone, right? Those feelings of doubt and worry have completely diminished because you know that even if something went catastrophically wrong, and I mean, that's really unlikely, but even if it did, you could always build things back up and you can always make more money because you know how to now. That right there, my love, to me, that's empowerment. And that's why I'm obsessed with financially empowering women because I empowered myself and I know this is an amazing feeling because I live it now. I know it because I was in that same place of feeling like I just wasn't cut out for selling. But now I find selling easy and natural and most importantly, a genuine offer to help. And it just takes such pressure off of you when you just have that skill now to fall back on that skill supported by empowering beliefs is such an incredible experience because you just don't have to worry about money again because you always know how to sell and sell from a way that isn't desperate or needy or salesy or pushy. It's just a really genuine and authentic place that feels really good. When you can feel that way about selling, it's literally business changing. Nay, I would even say, nay, did I just say nay? (laughs) Nay, life-changing. It really is. So if that sounds incredible for you, if this is something that you and I, my love, could achieve together amongst all manner of other incredible things, (laughs) if you're ready for the relief that comes from learning how to believe in yourself, the relief that comes from understanding how to always make more money in your business, and the contentment that comes from learning how to make more money without sacrificing time, without feeling overwhelmed, and while still showing up as the kind of mother that I know that you love to be, we should totally talk. This is my zone of genius. This is my jam. Like I mentioned, I'm putting my prices up by 20% soon, but I'm going to allow two more lovely women onto my waiting list at my current prices before I do. So if you're ready to take your business to the next level and start living your limitless life, head over to corriejavid.com forward slash work with me and book a free discovery call. And let's talk and see if we think we'd be a good fit. Again, that's corriejavid.com forward slash work with me or there's a conveniently placed link right there in your show notes in your podcast player for you. My advice, don't put it off. And until next time, my love, do not forget you are limitless. 
Thank you for listening. I appreciate you so much. If you've enjoyed listening to today's show, make sure you subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher so you don't miss out on any episodes. It would make my day, possibly even my week, if you could spare a minute and leave a review over on iTunes. And because I value your time so much, each month, one lucky reviewer will win a free success coaching call with yours truly. So if you'd love for us to pinpoint and then work through that one thing that's currently standing between where you are now and where you want to be, then definitely leave a review for your chance to win. Until next time, remember, you are limitless.